my name is Crispina French, and promoting creative textile reuse is my jam. I'm an OG textile alchemist, worked my way through art school making ragamuffins from thrift store sweaters way back in the 1980s. That college side hustle grew into a full-fledged business, and here I am today to show you how to do it too. Stick around for all the things helping to navigate both the chaotic and dreamy chapters of building your profitable textile upcycling business. We'll talk material sourcing, business savvy, product development, marketing, and self-care. Gloss over the hard parts? Not here. Experience, lessons, and know-how. Deep dive into the struggles, wins, and rewards of running your sustainable textile upcycling business. Think of this as your favorite craft class mixed with environmental business school. Are you ready to be inspired, energized, and supported? This is the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. This episode of the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast is brought to you by Old Tone Roots Music Festival at Cool Whisper Farm in North Hillsdale, New York on July 29th through 31st, 2022. Submerge yourself in the magic of traditional mountain fiddling, bluegrass, hot swing, classic country, brass, and Cajun music. It's a family-friendly full camping festival with kids' activities, dance tent, workshops, and contests. Featuring Hudson Valley farm-to-table food, libations, and exceptional national and regional acts on three stages. Dancers, pickers, and music lovers of all ages are welcome. Camp all weekend or come by for the day. Get your tickets at www.oldtonemusicfestival.com and visit our show notes page for this episode at rags to riches textile upcycling podcast.com for links and more information. Hello, everybody out there in the wild world of the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to a person who is pretty integral to the running of my business, and her name is Sandra Primo. She lives down in Austin, Texas, and she is a pretty accomplished textile upcycler in her own right. And she's also my community manager for Stitcherhood. So we are going to kind of dive into a couple of different aspects of the textile upcycling business in Sandra's life. Welcome, Sandra. Hi, thanks for thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. And thank you know, honestly, Sandra has actually hosted her own podcast um, in her in her story. And she has really helped me kind of figure out how to put this all together. So I'm here because of you, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, uh, yay. Happy to share. Happy to share. Yeah. I mean, this is a format that's open to anyone as long as you are willing to, you know, to jump through a few learning hoops, right? <laughs> yeah. And actually, that's one of the things that we, um, we all like our team is really, uh, just lifelong learners, which is just so, it's so nice to be around that kind of energy and the kind of can do like, oh, sure, we'll figure it out. No problem. I'll help you. And so, um, it's really part of what I, I love about our, our work together. Um, so when I first actually, met you um was through the hiring process for our community manager in Stitcherhood, which is our online membership. 
And I'd love to talk a little bit about how you um, found out about that position opening and what kind of seemed like the right fit for you for that position and how that kind of played into everything else you have going on in your world. How funny. Yeah, that is an interesting, you know, it's one of those serendipitous moments, right? I, uh, like you said, I had my own podcast and, and, um, I had it with my friend Tammy, was my co-host, and we had our podcast for four years. And we ended it uh, last year, uh, about this time, actually. And it was kind of one of those things where, you know, when a big project like that comes to an end and you're like, okay, what's next? You know, it opens up quite, it opened up quite a bit of space for me. And I had kind of felt like I wanted a part-time job, just something regular that I would show up to every day. Um, I know for some people, you know, having too many plates in the air doesn't work for some people, but for me, (laughs) I am the kind of person that I'm actually more productive if I'm a bit diversified. Uh And, um, so that's what I was doing. I was sort of out kind of, you know, opened to the universe. Like I'm kind of looking for a part-time job. And I was on Facebook as we are sometimes and a mutual friend of ours, Bernadette Noel, who lives here in Austin. She is also a textile upcycler is is and a myriad of things in the recycling and upcycling world had posted your uh job post that you had made and i you know you think you're you're in this kind of world and i've been in i've been doing textile upcycling for 20 years but you know there's always somebody that you've never met or never heard of and um when she uh shared your post um I was like, who is this person? <laughs> I don't know her. Uh-huh. But this sounds like this job was written for me. And that's exactly that's exactly how it happened. I went to your, I, you know, did a, did about 15 minutes of research. And I was like, oh my God, she's actually been doing it longer than me. And uh I'm gonna just go for it. And that's that's exactly what I that did. is so cool. And like, you know, the serendipity, right? Like it's it was really it was so funny during that whole hiring process, you know, I interviewed a bunch of people and there was just I don't know, sometimes I don't know, it was it was really interesting because you stood out with your experience. And then when I met you on Zoom, it was just it was very clear kind of from that initial interview that was like I think that she's going to fit really well with our team and with our ethic and just your background and and you're on the board of a really cool organization if you yeah talk about the um yeah your role there and yeah sure center for creative reuse am i right Uh, um austin creative reuse Uh uh-huh okay yeah yeah i'd love to talk about austin creative reuse so we are um we are austin's uh, we are a nonprofit. Um, we are also a store. We are also a, a community. Um, but we are Austin's um, Creative Reuse Center. So if you can, um, you know, if your city doesn't have one, let me describe it. It's like a Goodwill, but uh-huh. for arts and crafts, all, all arts and crafts. Wow. Um, 
Yeah. And so uh, we had right before the pandemic, we had just moved into a new location. We opened our doors for like a week and then we had to shut them. (laughs) And so, um, but we survived. We, we have made it through. We pivoted as that. That's the, the word. I think that should be like dictionaries word for the last couple of years is pivot, I think. Yeah. But, um, no kidding. Right. Oh right. My <laughs> we, we opened an online store. We started doing curbside pickup. We, we made it work, but, um, but yeah, I've been on the board there for about three years. My position is content creator. So I, um, you know, write blog posts, some tutorials for social media. Um, right now, we just started working on our second um, uh, reuse fashion show. So we did it, we put on our first one last year and it was wildly successful and it was so much fun. And I got to be a take a big role in that as a producer of that. Wow. And we just had our second meeting this actually this morning for our um one coming up this year. And we're hoping that it's going to be even bigger and better. And um it's so and exciting. who's that open to? Like who are the designers that yeah so we opened it we just um, opened it up to everyone. And what ended up happening last year, we had about 40 designers apply. Um, and we we thought we were going to have this big jury process, but we ended up taking all of them. And, and what was really fun was that we we wanted... Our objective was to be very inclusive. Yeah. And so um, we didn't... Uh, you know, you, you could join us, um, even if you had never sewn a garment in your life. (laughs) Uh Um, and we also didn't restrict it to only fashion. We allowed, um, costume and drag and, and, um, just everything. And it was so, and, and I think that's what made it so joyous. Well, that, and the fact that, you know, we, um, we ha- had it last November. So that was kind of, you know, for lots of folks, that was like their first time around people, you know, in a yeah, yeah after being locked down for uh-huh. a long time. Absolutely. You know? So that yeah. added to the joy factor, but, um, but, you know, we, we had it outside everyone was masks, even the models. So we got to yeah. wear masks into our costumes and, um, and it was just so fun. And I think it, I think because we made it super inclusive, added to that, added, added to that, the, the excitement of it and just the diversity of it. It was so great. Wow. That sounds so exciting. So do, are the designers predominantly from the Austin area or are they yes. both from all over? No, yeah. we, we did actually um, just take Austin area designers. Yeah. So we had, um, you know, all ages, all, all races, all, I, I all gender identifications. And, yeah. um, and we even had a group of high school kids. Oh. Um, yeah. From a so local good. high school that has a CTE program. Wow. And so it was really fun. It's really How, fun. Yeah. It's so rich. Like just, I'm imagining, you know, cross-cultural, cross, uh, you know, generation and just all of that kind of culmination coming together in this one event. It's, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's just and celebrating reuse, you know, that was definitely the theme. So, yeah. you know, every, 
you know, if there were guidelines, that was definitely one of them, you know, the big one that your, that your uh, garment had to, um, had to have incorporate some kind of reuse, if not completely. How cool. That's so good. That's so good. And you know, it's funny because I I had not, um, we don't have a center for creative reuse in, in our area. And when you told me that you were on the board, I was, um, you know, interested. I, I did a little bit of sleuthing around, but just how cool. So all the materials that are for sale in your store, are are they donated by your community? Yes, members? yes. Wow. So we, yeah, so we, um, we hit our uh, some sometime last year, end of last year, we hit our million hit a million pounds of <gasps> of materials uh, wow. recycled and diverted from the landfill. Yeah, and we run. We have a staff, of course, um, because like it's like I said, it is a store. But we also run on donations and volunteers. So we yep. have a huge um, volunteer cohort. And we couldn't function without them. That is just the coolest thing. So is it's all kinds of craft materials. Everything, right? everything. Yeah. If you make something from bottle caps, you will find them at Austin Creative Reuse. Now, of course, the fabric department is my favorite. And it's probably uh-huh. the most popular, I would say. Uh, but we have so much, so many great textiles. How that's just such a cool thing, you know, um, and I feel like there's the more that I hear about um, businesses uh, with that focus, I'm thinking of fab scrap from the summit and, and even um, Swanson's fabrics, you know, mm-hmm. on a, on a di- in a different kind of scale, I think it's just such, um, you know, to, to kind of s- pull the value out of what is being discarded and offer that in a way that's appealing and and shoppable is just what a gift that you're giving to the community. And I just feel like, you know, there's an opportunity for uh, a situation like that in pretty much any community, right? Any community can do it. Absolutely. And, you know, and I love that there's examples of both, you know, like I said, we are a nonprofit. I think Fab Scrap is also a nonprofit, but then Catherine Swanson, Swanson's Fabrics is a for-profit center. So really, you know, there's just a lot to model, you know, there's a lot out there now that yeah. that anyone can model um, something after. Yeah, and just you know, whatever yeah, you know, whatever part- ha- happens to work for their particular um, situation is it's so cool. And I'm I'm really glad to learn a little bit more about it, and also learn about your role. That the fashion show just sounds like Ugh. a real like just a beautiful uh, event to to bring along and have that just develop along with um, your new space and and. Wow, it's just uh, encouraging. And I actually, um, for anyone who's in the Austin, Texas area, um, I, I would encourage um, them to reach out to Sandra. There'll be all um, the information you'll need to contact her in our show notes. Um, and, you know, if you're listening to this uh, long after we record it, um, it sounds to me like it will be an opportunity that will come around each year. So yes. um, what a what a great thing. I, I'd love to learn more about that as it unfolds. 
Today's episode of Rags to Riches podcast is brought to you by the Stitcherhood Recycling Society, my online membership community for creative textile upcycling, recycling, and reuse entrepreneurs. Inspiration, shared experience, tutorials, business savvy, and connection to a whole posse of people who understand the passion and intricacies of running an environmentally kind creative textile upcycling biz. Daily posts, weekly stitch hours, book recommendations, group chats, member profiles, and strong connections is what you can expect when you join Stitcherhood. Head on over to stitcherhood.crispina.eco and sign up for a free seven-day trial to see if my Stitcherhood Recycling Society is a good fit for you and your textile upcycling business. You were talking earlier about how you really like to diversify your focus on, I I, I guess it really, like the things that I know about what you do are all kind of connected through textile upcycling. So your role at the Creative Reuse um, Center, and then you run your own business and make beautiful things. And then you work, we work together with with your role is um, predominantly our our community manager in Stitcherhood. so I'd love to learn a little bit more about how those three things fit together for you. And if you, yeah, so talk a little bit about your business and how that started and how you fit the other things in around the edges. Sure. Well, you know, like you said, they all have the common theme of of, of textile, of cycling. Um, I started doing that portion of, of, of what I do. Um, about 20 years ago, I was, um, I briefly lived in a smaller town about an hour and a half outside of Austin, uh, for about six years. And I, um, at the time was working, I had a couple of jobs actually, but one of my part-time jobs was working for a, um, at a boutique and I became really good friends with the owner. And I'm also a photographer and I've been doing that for 20 years as well. Uh-huh. And I would um, shoot uh, some of her ads for like the local paper and events that she was having. And we were working on, again, a fashion show. And uh-huh. um, I had started making some tops out of vintage scarves. And I was telling her about them and she said, well, you know, if you, you know, came up with a small line, you know, say five or six different designs, um, I'd love for you to show them in the fashion show. And, I, and, you know, and really that was just kind of the nudge I needed. And so I did that. And uh-huh. it just so happened that there was a, um, one of her reps uh, was in the audience and she approached me after the fashion show and said, you know, I'm trying to um, collect some more independent designers. Would you be interested in coming up with a line sheet so I can take your designs to de- the Dallas market, the Dallas garment market? And wow, that's so cool. What is another serendipitous thing, right? That's so cool. So cool. And and um, I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm very <laughs> infamous for like jumping in headfirst to something even though I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) 
Same. See, I'm telling you, you were the perfect fit. Figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I did. So you have to, this was um, 2003. So this was before Etsy. Um, People had websites, but it was a very kind of new thing. You know, people were blogging, like all of this was very new. Um, And so that's, that's what I did. And I got to say, it was pretty crazy for about a year. I had, she was, you know, getting orders for me all over the South. It's small boutiques all over the South. Wow. um, It was pretty kooky. And uh, after a year of that, she decided to um, step down as a rep. She, I think she was trying to work on having a kid or something. I can't remember, Uh but um she, I had other reps that were approaching me. And at that point it was like, okay, I need to step back and kind of regroup for a minute. Cause it was a crazy year. Yeah. Um, I'm still astonished that I pulled it off. I had a baby by the way, too. <laughs> <Forgot> to <mention. laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forgot to mention that part. Uh, he's now 18. So, um, uh, or almost 19 actually. Wow. So, uh, so yeah. So, um, in the regrouping, um, you know, I was kind of faced, I was kind of at a crossroads at that point where I had to make some serious decisions and it was all about around scaling and, you know, and, and really I like, it's kind of, I, I was sort of forced to look at what I, what, what kind of role did I want to take yeah. in this business and what was my definition of success? And um in, in looking at those things, really, honestly, I, you know, don't want to be a manager of people. That's, that's mm-hmm. not what I wanted to do. The part of this business that brings me the most joy are, is sourcing yep. uh, textiles and actually doing the designing and making. That's what brings me joy. Yep. And I, you know, I could have hired, you know, five people but then I would have been managing five people mm-hmm. and probably not doing the parts that, that bring me joy. So I think, you know, for anybody in this, you know, in textile upcycling, you can make it work as a sole proprietor. Um, you certainly can. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, you know, you can hire people, but I think it's just important to figure out scaling is not going to be the goal for everybody. Yeah, you know, so it's so interesting that you said that, Sandra, because when I started my business was I was really young and I didn't have a baby at the time. And I just I just followed the ball. I never stopped and thought, what do I want or what brings me joy? It was just like it it was like chasing a ball full tilt as fast as I could all the time for like the first 10 years. And during that time, I did have a baby. And that was when I started to really think like is this really what I want to be doing? Mm-hmm. This is so, and I was managing, that's what I did all day is I managed people, which, you know, there's a part of it that I enjoyed, but there is another part of it that just became really exhausting and overwhelming. And the responsibility was like, oof, like, you know, I kind of had this, I remember clearly this point where I was like, how do I pivot? How <laughs> There's that word again. Mm-hmm. How do I, you know, I, 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 didn't, I couldn't actually figure out how to stop. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very hard. It was a very difficult period of my life, but you know, over time I did figure that out. And it's interesting that you took the time 
to sit and really think on that before you were so deep that you didn't have as many options or you felt as though you didn't have as many options, you know? Right. Yeah. Because it does, the, the game changes when you have people that are depending on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty intense. It's a really good thing for a lot of people to think about and just consider. And it doesn't really matter. I don't think where you are in your business to, you know, that, that thought process and that real um, pondering of what brings you joy. What is your, big why are you are you speaking to that with your with the business that you're creating because you know the the reality of it is that we all have choices and we can create the life that serves us in a beautiful way if we spend the time to think about what that life is right and what what is success so Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so Yeah. So I just, um, so yeah, it's just really been, I I say that it's my labor of love and it really is. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that when I say that it makes it sound like a hobby and I, I definitely consider it a business, Uh but, um, but it, but it is a labor of love. Again, if, if I, you know, I could, if I, scaled and hired people and, and sourced in in a different way, you know, all of those things would, would, um, you know, I could, those options were open to me and and still are, if I wanted that to be, if I wanted to have all my eggs in that basket, but, um, I do like doing different things. It keeps my, keeps life fresh for me. And, um, you know, and I, and I've said this before too, but since, um, getting on the board of ACR, I can, I've kind of, you know, for, for, for years, I considered textile upcycling just to be a creative choice. Like, yeah. you know, I liked the challenge of that. Um, I, it, it just energized me as a creative choice, but since getting on the board at ACR, I've kind of t- again, pivoted my focus, um, is to that it's more activism now. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's why to, you know, I feel, um, I feel passionate about the activism part of it for climate change and the environment Yeah, doing different things, allowing different things in my life, like Stitcherhood and ACR sort of allows for that now to, yeah, you know, that's a great segue into the whole, the role that you play with Stitcherhood, which honestly, like um, you were saying earlier about how ACR couldn't function without your volunteers, um, Stitcherhood couldn't survive without you. So um, <laughs> you're, you know, having your experience and your, um, your diversified experience in so many different realms that play a role It's for a lot of our membership. Um I'd love for you to just share like how, you know, how that experience is for you and maybe just talk a little bit about how Stitcher HUD works. Yeah. So, um, I just, I mean, probably the, the most exciting part about the Stitcher HUD is, I mean, if you can just imagine a place where say you in your own neighborhood, you were just surrounded by other textile cyclers <laughs> and you met every day just to kind of talk shop and how, how yeah. 
fun that is. That to me is what the stitcherhood is. Now, yes, do we like uh, support each other and offer solutions? And Crispinas, there is a mentor, and sometimes I step in that way as well. And other, you know, people that have experience mentor each other. It's sort of this reciprocal thing, but it's also just a place to just talk shop. I mean. If you think about it in your life, if you're a textile upcycler, there's not that many people who, you know, will kind of groove with you on a conversation about that for very long, right? Right. It's so true, right? Like for so long. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to give too much away. You don't want to tell people it's yeah, it's made out of old stuff. You know, they they kind of looked at you sideways, right? And and yeah, Stitcher Hood is totally like you can just spill everything, you know, about, you know, where you source your material or whatever. It's so true. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. and so it, it and so i think that that's probably the thing i love about the stitcherhood the most um it's just yeah just to have a place like oh you get me you people get me yeah. i do I, I do a thing every friday that i call my friday mood board and it's just like a, a little thing i'm little graphic that i make in canva and i include like four either ideas or designers or just such a cool way to 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 bring people in that are you know to just get those those designers in front of people i love your friday mood boards they're like so inspiring yeah yeah but again the stitcherhood would be the only place that i you know or a place like that of textile upcyclers would be the only place that you know that that i would have the audience that would actually receive that as enthusiastically as i put it out there um you know my husband doesn't care about my friday mood board you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get you. Yeah, I think our husbands are like on the same page too. That's so funny. Yeah. And then, you know, so for anybody who's who's new to us or who, um, you know, the Stitcherhood is is an online membership that came out of the pandemic, actually. Um, well, actually, to be honest, I had a little membership before the pandemic and it was kind of cobbled together with Zoom meetings and a Facebook group. And, um, you know, it wasn't really easy to manage or easy to there was not really a flow. There was actually it was kind of funny. I used to send a little package out each month, like in the snail mail. Mm-hmm. That was also part of that membership. And it became clear over time that there was a better way to do things, right? So I found um, the platform that we use, which is called Mighty Networks, um, woman run business, which I love to support. And um, I just thought, you know, I'm going to research this a little bit. And I, and it was just really like right out of the gate, it was just like, it seemed like the perfect match for what I was looking for. And you know, all of that technology is just amazing to me. And when I realized pretty quickly that there was a huge demand, just like you were saying, for this place that just gets textile upcycling, right? Like no matter if you're a hobbyist or an entrepreneur, or maybe you're even like in the textile industry in some manner, if you're interested in the upcycling and reuse of of textiles, there's uh, someone there who is going to pique your interest and be, you know, someone that you can connect with. And so uh, pretty quickly, I was like, okay, this is a really, uh, you know, desirable thing for a lot of people, I need help. And Mm -hmm. um, that's, it was just so lovely to have you uh, be the person who was able to to step into that role. Um, I feel like you're, you know, people feel well cared for. I think you're, uh, you're welcoming, uh, 
vibe and you're just, uh, you know, sharing different inspiration. It's just all of a place where I feel like you and I feel like the rest of our members are just really, you know, there's never a harsh word. There's never, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to know what you're doing. You can just show up and check it out. And, um, you know, the, you'll meet Sandra, I'll be there too. And, um, it's just a really nice place to just kind of tip, you know, dip your toes in, see if it's something that you're interested in. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause we have, we have everyone from hobbyists to folks that are, that are trying to start their own business to folks that are actually running their own businesses and yeah. there's no dumb questions. That's what I love about, um, the sisterhood too. Like you said, there's no dumb questions. Yep. Yep. There's no yeah. harsh judgment. If you ask for constructive feedback, you'll get it. Yep. Um, but there's nobody that's, you know, going to tell you that's dumb or you're doing that wrong or, or absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. a really warm and welcoming community. And it's, it's actually growing pretty quickly, which is, you know, initially I was like, Oh, if I, you know, like, can we maintain this? And it's just been like, not even a thought, like everybody who comes in is just like super right on the page. And it's, you know, it's just so lovely. Um, and can we say one more thing about that too? Because I, I feel like this is a question that some people probably have, you know, kind of rolling around in the back of their head. Like, uh, it's not Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so, good point. Yeah, I'm really yeah. glad. So yeah. there's some really great Facebook groups out there. We know that that's probably, I mean, for me, that's the only reason why I still continue to have a Facebook account is because I, you know, am, a, am members of some groups that are really important and valuable to me. Yeah. But if you're somebody that's, you know, trying to, uh, you know, um, have boundaries around your social media use, then, you know, that's why places like the Stitcherhood is, are so valuable because it's not Facebook and it's not. Instagram. Yeah. No advertising, no algorithm, right. you know, you can find what you're looking for. When you go back to look for it, it's always going to be in the same spot. You yeah. know, it does the, nobody cares who you clicked on and they're not just, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a, yeah, super refreshing aspect of the platform. Yeah. Thanks for that. And at the same time, if you can imagine Facebook without algorithms and without ads, it's sort of like what we have in Stitcherhood, right? Like right. there's just, a, there's an activity feed. You can communicate with all the other members. We have a, a way where you can actually get on a group chat with people in, in your group that, or, or you can select the people in your group chat. You can have, you know, be part of the public chat or have one that's just for you and, and the people who you've connected with. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, we do have a seven day free membership. So if you're interested, if you, um, you, you know, just to check it out, you can go in there and, and see and, and spend a week just kind of poking around. And if it is for you, super great. And if not, and you have any questions or issues or whatever, anytime, we're here, we're, pe we're people, you're not going to get into like the automation of like getting your card charged every month against your will. That's right. the last thing we want. So um, yeah, we encourage anybody who's out there thinking that this sounds pretty cool to um, hop, you know, go to the show notes from this episode, and I'll put all the info in there that you might need to um, just check that out and see if it's the right fit for you. Absolutely. Awesome. So, Sandra, the um, other thing I just wanted to touch upon before you go is, um, you know, the one thing we really didn't talk too much about was your photography business, but your photography business kind of works nicely with your textile upcycling business, the 
the imagery that you put out into the world is like so gorgeous. Um, yeah, I feel I really just- lucky in that aspect is that, you know, I can do my own, I can do my own photography. And, yeah. um, and I know that that's, that's an element, you know, that sometimes is a conundrum for lots of pe- people. Um, I mean, cell phones are so great now they take you know, they take great photos. And so, right. you know, it certainly shouldn't be a, the, a factor that holds anyone back. However, I, yeah, I do feel very fortunate that, um, that, you know, that I know, I know what I'm doing with a camera. Yeah. And then, you know, if, is there, do you foresee, like, is there something that you would like to grow into or maybe research or learn in, in your future? Like what's, what's kind of um, down the road for you, do you think? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I started off this year thinking I really want to start doing a creating like a drop system where I, uh, you know, work on inventory for a month or two months. And then I set a date and I build up anticipation and I drop everything at once. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. And it's it's almost June. Um, so, but there's, you know, I, it's something that I, it's a goal that I'm working towards. And yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Cause then you'll have all, you know, having a, a collection for people to shop from sometimes really encourages people to take a look, right. There's a lot to see yeah. and they can compare and kind of pick the thing that speaks most um, closely to them. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. I love that I idea. Really, yeah. So almost like how big designers do seasons. That's kind of what I'm really, I really want to, or luxury designers, what is what I meant. But um, yeah, I'd really kind of, that's a goal that I'm working towards. Like, even if I just do it twice a year or, or, you know, ideally at least four times a year, but just work on my inventory, you know, have it like tell a story every time, photograph that story in a way that's super aesthetically pleasing and and that makes sense. And yeah. And then sell it that way. Um, So yeah, still a goal. Um, I love that idea, Sandra. And I think that if anybody who's listening out there wants to um, hop on Sandra's email list, um, we'll put all of that information in the show notes and if you want to you know cozy up to uh sandra live in person you could hop on the stitcher hood and see how that might be a nice place for you to get the support and inspiration to um keep your textile upcycling business super fun and engaging for you yeah yeah i'm i'm available i'm awesome i'm on all the platforms and i am you know i love i always welcome the conversation so cool sandra thank you so much for joining me today i'm really excited to share you with the world and our connection and i look forward to uh growing our stitcherhood together so um thanks for all your really great energy there Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Hey, so I'm over here and I'm serving you a giant air hug because you just finished another episode of the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. Thank you for being with me. Our music is provided by The Lucky Five. Learn more about them at theluckyfive.com. Our show is produced and edited by Van Valhyacin. If you want to dive in deep, head over to Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast.com.